if we will apply the global water crisis and sanitation crisis to a community of 100 people, then 25 people from this community would actually have to collect unsafe water from the stream or a pond that is often far away. They can even queue for hours and, and have a really high uh, price. Uh, on, on, on the resource, then 22 people would either have no choice but to go to the toilet on the streets, on the bushes, or on fields. And then uh, 42 people from this community would live in areas um, vulnerable to uh, waterborne diseases uh, because, again, of unsafe toilet management. And then 22% uh, of them would either work or receive care on uh, healthcare facilities with no basic water services. Hello, thank you for your invitation. I'm uh, very happy to be here. My name is Noemi Plumier. I am the strategic partnership facilitator at the World Youth Parliament for Water. And uh, my background is uh, international uh, law. I have a master's degree in uh, international relations uh, specialized in uh, human rights. And um, during the pandemic, because uh, I graduated during the pandemic, I actually took the opportunity while we were all in lockdown to do a second master's degree in uh, international environmental law. And I special, specialized, sorry, uh, um, in water because that, that was my main um, uh, interest. I did my uh, master thesis on uh, uh, the Minamata Convention and the One Health approach. The Minamata Convention, it's about mercury pollution. Um, what else? Uh, I am uh, French and Canadian. I forgot <laughs> to say this. Uh, we have uh, Spanish roots uh, from my mom's side. So... Uh, it helped me to travel a lot. Um, after my uh, first, uh, uh, after my undergraduate uh, degree, sorry, I didn't know which master to choose. So um, I uh, took a gap year that ended up being a three-year gap. Um, and I joined the WASH project in uh, Africa and uh, the Caribbean. And um, there, I, I, I was mainly involved with community engagement. So that's where I actually got um, great insights on the, um, the thematics of water being linked to um, all the other, uh, for example, uh, SDGs like gender inequality, like reduced poverty, um, environmental pollution, of course, um, and um, economic growth. Well, all of, all of those subjects. So that's why afterwards I decided to uh, specialize in human rights and then environmental law. <clears throat> yeah, thank you for the introduction. A uh, couple of weeks ago, or I think it, maybe it even was a month ago, I wrote to the World, World Water Day um mm -hmm. people and uh, that's from where i got uh, got, got your uh, connection and the world water day is going to be almost in a week eight days 22nd of march please talk about sure. what is world water day okay <laughs> so world water day um and myself we have should have something in common we both turned 30 years old of existence <laughs> this uh, last year so uh, it was initiated at the uh, Rio summit of the Earth in 1992 
and adopted by the General Assembly to celebrate every year on the 22nd of March, water, the International United Day of Water. And it, it goes in pairs with uh, World Water Day that was only recently um, uh, this, uh, voted, uh, let's say, by the General Assembly or just granted uh, as a day in 2013, and it's the 19th of November. The goal of those two days and, and why I jumped to World Water Day, it's because they go together. It's water and sanitation as the SDG seeks. So the goal is to raise awareness for the grand public um, on the water and sanitation crisis. Um, it is mainly coordinated by the UN Water, which I uh, joined as part of the task force on World Water Day World Toilet Day campaign 2023, accelerating change. And it also helps uh, some government uh, who wants to get involved to focus on different campaign and, and thematics campaigns, sorry, uh, every year, all along the year. So this year is, as I said, accelerating change because the World Water Development Report that was discussed in the uh, 34th uh, UN Water Meeting in March 2021 uh, will be on accelerating change through partnership and cooperation. So this is more like the state level engagement between the UN water members and the UN, um, UN agencies, of course, that are part of the UN water, but also the state representative and uh, different partners uh, that join the campaign and join the efforts uh, every year. So, yeah. Uh, I can say um, just as well that uh, this year uh, the World Youth Parliament for Water was not the only uh, co-coordinator. Every year there's different uh, co-coordinator um, co depending on the thematics. So um, the UN Water Task Force on World Water Day One Toilet Day this year was coordinating with UNESCO, Aquafed, the World Youth Parliament for Water, as I said, WHO, and UNICEF. So. And then within the task force, there's plenty different um, members joining from uh, civil society, for example, Women um, for Water Partnership or Human Right to Water, but also um, UN agency like um, International Labour Organization, FAO, um, coalitions as well, uh, the Toilet Board Coalition, UNEP, etc etc that is like a lot so i cannot uh, um yeah um, list all of them it would okay. take a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. uh you mentioned water crisis uh could you do like a like an overview uh, uh of, sure. of our water crisis Sure. Um, so I can actually share with you the story that we we drafted this year for the campaign. So it is. Um, so if we will apply the global water crisis, the sanitation crisis, to a community of 100 people, then 25 people from this community would actually have to collect unsafe water from the stream or a pond that is often far away, they can even queue for hours and, and have a really high uh, price uh, on, on, on the resource. Then 22 people would either have no choice but to go to the toilet on the streets, on the bushes or on fields. So it's like 
open, what we call openification, especially um, women and girls are suffering the most because they are the most vulnerable uh, to be abused or attacked uh, in those moments and as well uh, unable to get proper menstrual uh, health hygiene. So that is also a big topic. There's also something uh, new that, not new, it's not new, but now th there is a term. It's called sextortion. A lot of women have to exchange services uh, for and, and girls uh, of sex uh, so they can um, access um, safe, uh, safe toilets and not be uh, um, forced to uh, go in the open uh, field, for example. And then uh, 42 people from this community would live in areas um, vulnerable to uh, waterborne diseases uh, because, again, of unsafe toilet management. And then 22% uh, of them would either work or receive care on uh, healthcare facilities with no basic water services. So it means that the hospital or any, even the doctor or clinics, uh, anywhere they will go, don't have um, proper uh, water services, which is, again, uh, really unfair for women in the moment of giving birth, uh, such as an example. Um, we know as well with the, that it's intricately uh, connected, interlinked to, to the uh, climate crisis because the climate change effects are actually polarizing um, the, um, the water uh, hazard event, natural water, uh, extreme weather events, sorry, such as drought or floods. And this has a big impact on um, food security and um, livelihood uh, security as a overall. So it's not only a food, it's also a housing, and it's, again, access to water and sanitation uh, facilities because of the contamination of the water. Um, I think uh, this is it. Maybe uh, I can say a word actually linked to this, to um, a lot of migration, forced migration, that happened because of those um, natural catastrophes um, and and more and not necessarily the um, how can I say the on the humanitarian scale because when there's a natural catastrophe then it's a humanitarian crisis obviously but then the climate change is also provoking more um, induced and, and and slow migration that you get cannot directly linked uh, immediately. But then if you look at the long, uh, long effect of it, it is because of the climate crisis and the water crisis that those people are uh, migrating. Um, such as with, let's not forget about sea level rising. There's some countries in the Pacific that are gonna end up, they know, with uh, no more land, Co concretely no more land because as well, their uh, freshwater resources are getting more and more uh, salinized. And so they, the, the land is not fit for life anymore, not any kind of life, human, but also um, um, agriculture. You know, you, you cannot uh, have any crops. So I think uh, that'll be overall, if I can. Maybe, I don't know if you need some um, more specific uh, uh, data and facts, like 
because they are not very uh, <laughs> they are not very positive. But um, <clears throat> I'll ask. Um, um, watching the UN numbers, uh, maybe <clears throat> ask you to talk about the predictions. Uh, just looking into some, I think it was like 2050 or 2060. Uh, you mentioned that out of a hundred people, like twenty or twenty-two, twenty-five, don't have access to clean water. I remember seeing those numbers uh, even like doubling uh, in the twenty, thirty, forty years. So, what are the predictions to the water crisis? Uh, are we solving it, or is it getting even worse? Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be negative, but um, let's just put it that way. Last UN Water Convention uh, conference, sorry, was in uh, 1977. It took it took them almost 50 years to realize that water needed to be put in the global agenda. Um, so it is positive if we look at it on the fact that the UN Water Conference 2023 is happening in a few days uh, in March, uh, the 20th until the the 24th. Um, so it, it, it is positive because the matter of water, it's being talked finally in, in as water, you know, like not just water linked to agriculture, water linked to economic, water linked to et cetera, et cetera. So SDG 6, it's finally getting the attention, the proper attention it needs. And then also at the last uh, COP um, in Sharm el Sheikh, there was a blue pavilion. There was a moment where water was being also really prioritized in the conversation. So on the, on the global agenda, even though it's 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 not enough, I would say at least it's better than what it used to be. And at the um, the World Youth Parliament for Water, that's why we also um, advocate for more uh, young people pushing for those conversations to happen and being included in those conversations. And from all around the world, not only uh, um, at uh, Geneva or at New York, but like everywhere. So that's why in the process of the UN Water uh, Conference, there was a lot uh, of uh, regional uh, dialogues happening. And it was the, the process was um, really multi-sectoral and multi-stakeholder. So that also is something positive. But talking about the numbers, um, Again, going back to the climate crisis, the climate crisis, it's uh, having consequences on the water and sanitation crisis because of more and more extreme, um, as I said, weather event. So that every time you make, you might make progress, especially in the developing countries that are not as resilient as some developed countries to, to absorb the shock every time it takes it takes for them more time to reconstruct everything. For example, the case of um, Pakistan. So in the reality, uh, I would say that um, it, it doesn't look good, especially if we don't tackle the sanitation crisis because the sanitation crisis, the water quality, every, like there's a lot being said about water scarcity and uh, that there's not even water, but on the global planet, water will always be there. There's one uh, water crisis that cannot be forgotten, and, and a global crisis, a planetary crisis that cannot be forgotten is the pollution, and it's invisible. And 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 um, the sanitation crisis, uh, the fees is is part of the problem, but not only 
the water quality, it's about the plastic pollution, the water quality, it's about um, uh, the um, agriculture uh, chemicals, it's about um, all, all type of heavy metal, as I did my, my master thesis about or mercury, but not only. So there's also the, the problem of mining uh, behind it, uh, the mining industry, agriculture industry, but then the industrial, um, all the industries that are participating to the water crisis because they are highly consuming it, but because they are also high polluting it. And so these are not um, really looking good, but the water action agenda, which is a voluntary commitment um, document, uh, out, the outcome document, sorry, of the UN Water Conference is looking for building partnership um, on SDG 6 and other water-related goals um, to, to tackle those challenges. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see mm. what's, what's going to happen. But we have to be positive. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I totally agree uh, <clears throat> about uh, mm, uh, being positive. Uh, just uh, just looking at the numbers or even uh, listening people talking about uh, climate change or uh, experts in different kind of fields, uh, sometimes the outline kind of comes out bleak. Even, even uh, reading those UN numbers, let's say I'm 30 years old right now too. So in 30 years, let's say like 2050, mid-20, something 20 mid 2050s mm -hmm. uh, if you're being bo born uh, uh, on this earth then it's a coin toss if you're gonna get uh, clean water it is yeah i agree even in developing countries i'm living in south of france we had a winter drought that's what they call a winter drought because for a couple of years already back uh, our groundwater uh, haven't been able to restore it properly because of lack of uh, of, in, of rain during the raining uh, rain season, which is winter for us, but it's during winter. And then summer, it's drier and drier, and the summertime season and the dry drought period, sorry, are, are longer. And and then you look at countries like the Netherlands, Germany, that had floods, heavy floods, uh, because of different. Uh, Urban, urban reasons um, for the permeability, but that's not only the reason. They they talk about flash floods, uh, more and more episodes of flash floods. So how can you how can our society be resilient when all the projection um, and and the the tools uh, to to predict this uh, were built 30 years ago with data or even 40 years ago with data that were not taking into consideration those climate change uh, in prediction, I would say. So it is, um, it is tough and, and it's touching everyone, but it's just that everyone on earth, I mean, it's just that it's um, on, on different aspects, I would say. Uh, so that's why it's important that we all put effort from the individual level that's what the campaign of uh, World Water Day this year is uh, focusing on, that everyone can, um, like uh, every drop of effort is important from an individual all the way to the uh, multilateralism uh, sphere of the, the state uh, cooperate, uh, collaborating and cooperating on that, but also private sector, of course, as we know.
<clears throat> yeah, um, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the topics you mentioned already, that uh, there are positive signs that there is talk about water. And uh, and you mentioned the uh, SDG6 and the goals mm-hmm. and uh, and UN now talking about water. Uh, what is SDG6? I think uh, most of us don't know what it is. Sure. So uh, the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, there are 17 of them. Um, They are part of the uh, Agenda 2030, uh, which give um, a roadmap uh, to state to agree on reducing poverty and and, and reaching um, sustainable development, as it says. So then they they would actually... um, collaborate on reaching those tar- those different goals that are subdivided uh, in uh, different targets. So um, SDG 6, it's about uh, access to sanitation and, and water and sanitation, safe water and sanitation. And within SDG 6, you have uh, different SDGs. So SDG 6.1, it's about achieving safe and affordable drinking water. SDG 6.2 is about uh, achieving access to sanitation, hygiene, and open defecation. SDG 6.3 is about uh, improving water quality and safe reuse of the water resource. SDG 6.4 it's about increasing water use efficiency, um, ensuring fresh water supplies. SDG 6.5 it's about implementing integrated water resource management. SDG 6.6 it's about um, protecting and restoring water-related ecosystem. And finally, SDG 6.A and, and B, it's about the means and the, and the tool of implementing these SDGs. And so all the 17 SDGs are subdivided into, as I said, um, multiple uh, targets. So I, I'm doing this round circle because the, the, um, the logo um, of the SDG, it's it's a, it's a circle uh, powered with uh, several colors. So um, yeah, uh, and then uh, all the UN agency or all different countries, they take several uh, leads, and even international organization, not only uh, from the UN system, they 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 kind of are um, divided. In between those targets, to to make sure that there are there's actual working groups um, that focus on uh, on those different uh, different uh, targets. Um, so, for example, uh, WHO and UNICEF uh, every year they publish uh, the joint monitoring uh, progress um, reports uh, on uh, drinking access to drinking water uh, and sanitation. Um, there's um, uh, there's the U- uh, UNESCO team that focus on the uh, UN Water Development uh, Development Report. Uh, there's also the Glass uh, Report. Uh, so this is only on SDG uh, six uh, that I that I can talk about. But there's all different uh, uh, reducing poverty, climate change. Uh, there's even one, the the seventeen one, that it's about partnership and and cooperation. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's. If I can <laughs> resume a bit. 
would yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Th- uh, thank you for that. Uh, just to continue on on the same topic, um, I think a lot of people have uh, heard uh, about uh, mm, sustainable development or even mm-hmm. like the new new Green Deal or that, that is something that uh, we hear in the news that we are working towards uh, green, shalu- green solutions and uh, everything you talked about too right now are the targets, the goals. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, on the 1st of March, I uh, uh, read an arc- article from uh, CNBC uh, and, uh, and I, I, I took a screen uh, shot of it because um, I, I never actually do that, but, but there... Um, uh, it was an article, something what the UN says, and uh, what they said was that uh, the world is on track to overshoot uh, 1.5 degrees of warming, and and so we and they said that now it's time to start uh, looking into technologies that uh, take uh, this overshoot as a fact, and uh, I think my or my question would be, uh, as a youth looking in about those you know those goals agendas and and now this overshoot that we are overshooting um i don't know even how to formulate the question but but uh, but that overshoot or that that kind of that that we are already uh admitting that it's unreversible and then how we're going to mitigate the damage or or already admitting that we we lost this battle well for me i actually think it's positive because then the politicians are not lying <laughs> and they're not pretending that everything is fine and we're gonna make it so they get elected again you know like and and that no they have to fail that they have to sorry acknowledge that it was a, a collective failure uh, in my opinion so it is actually positive because you can only acknowledge that something is wrong if you admit it, right? And then you can start to tackle and, and find solution. Because um, otherwise, you, especially as a young activist in, in the water uh, sphere or even in the climate sphere, because for me, they are, they're, it, it is the same. Like, I don't see any difference I, in, I mean... The, the way uh, I'm seeing, um, I'm part of nature as, as a human, so for me, it's, it's all interlinked, right? The environment, the water, the climate, uh, the ocean, the freshwater, like this is actually UN agendas. This is um, um, to make implementation of actions um, more um, easy, uh, that they, they divide it and they put it in silos but it, it, it can be tackled in silos. That's the problem. Uh, saltwater community needs to work with freshwater community because, the, for example, the plastic pollution come from upstream, come from the land and end up in the ocean. So, and uh, you, you cannot um, forget uh, the, um, how can I say, the, um, you, you, you cannot tackle city uh, resilience if you, if, for example, if you don't take urban de- resilience or if you don't take um, into consideration the overall aspect. So it's about transport, it's about sanitation, it's about um, 
like the overall economy, you cannot just talk to uh, certain people. Like it, it needs to be seen as it, it needs to the answer and the solution needs to be uh, found on the holistic way, right? So um, it is complex. It is complex, and and a lot of uh, collaboration needs to happen. And I feel also a lot of communication. Because joining the task force was really enlightening as as a as a young um, person to see that sometimes um, some of this service is such a big machine that they don't even know who is necessarily doing what, who is who, um, and and sometimes this is where a duplication of effort happen and and. And so it's a waste of resources, human resources, but as well money. So um, for us, um, if we don't want to suffer of eco-anxiety, because this is a big thing of our generation um, and the generation before uh, that came, sorry, after us, um, we 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 can just think of what is um, what is uh, the worst, right? Because Otherwise, you just drain yourself, and and we need so much energy because we are all volunteers, uh, mainly the the youth, you know, all the the Fridays for Future, um, all the, the the yeah Yongu, which is the 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 young people from the UNFCCC, uh, people from Gibbon, biodiversity youth, uh, from the CBD. Like all those uh, youth groups, we are not being paid. So we, we, which is like, which give us freedom as well. But at one point, it, it's so much, um, it, it raised so much problem as well for some people from developing, um, sorry, uh, from the, the global south uh, that can't access any fundings. Uh, and then it it's it's raised the concern of um equal representation geographical representation because especially the global south uh, they are suffering the most uh, youth and children in those areas of the effect of climate change and the water crisis and the sanitation crisis so i i don't know if i answered your question to be honest but um it is especially w once you you, once you join, that's what I, I want to say, like to, to also kind of change the system or understand better the system, you have to be included. So that's why it is good that young people, young activate fights more and more to have uh, to be represented and to be included in those forests. So we know what is what is happening and, and we know where we can put our efforts and we know um, it's a question of transparency, of course, but it's also a question of finding how you can contribute to that with your with your own skills, depending on the studies you've done or just the reality of your life. Um, so as much as indigenous uh, groups uh, and as much as what it used to be the fight of women <laughs> uh, to access those uh, those uh, those forests. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, on the same topic or something that you mentioned, um, eco anxiety. Uh, I remember hearing 
that close to over two-thirds or close to 80% of scientists uh, who work on, uh, let's say, eco-research or climate research, uh, they suffer from pre-traumatic stress disorder. So in a short or in a simple way saying that you're seeing that the boat is sinking and you can't do anything about it. And uh, my question would be as a <clears throat> as a youth uh, to another youth, uh, you know, our generation and the and the generation Z uh, coming after us uh, being mm, you know, I'm conscious about that, that the, the ship is sinking. And and I know that uh, even a lot of people don't want to have children because of mm -hmm. that. Um, what would you say to those, all of those people to to still have that hope, to still uh, wanting to bring life into this world, wanting to, uh, you know, to have love for this world, uh, not to be on that other side? Sure. Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's the one I am almost asking myself every day <laughs> to keep motivating, or at least every, every at, at night, you know, when um, when you think about your day, when you think about what did I do today, did it matter? Um, to yeah, to be able to to wake up with energy the next day. So um, I think surrounded yourself with peers, with people. Um, uh, how can I say, having the same dream or the same goal as you help. It helps a lot. Uh, look at the, you, you talked about this, the scientists, uh, they, they built this movement called the Scientist Rebellion and they, 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 they started to get more and more attention. Um, look at uh, the Fridays for Future March where when you join a march uh, about climate, about biodiversity uh, you you just feel surrounded with so much energy and and with people that that have the same values i think also values it's it's a it's a big um understated um topic uh and and ethics uh it, it is a conversation that needs to happen it it is um because it's mainly rooted, we know, of over-exploitation of extractivist resources um, and system of our natural resources. And us human being part of it, being the cause, the uh, it's called the Anthropocene, so it's the effect of human in this era on our planet, that we change the natural courses of Earth. So values needs to be taking into consideration and, and conversation needs to happen, but it can only happen in a circle of people convinced of the same as you are, you know, like because those, those conversations are, are great, it fills you with a lot of energy, but then you circle around because then you, me, we are convinced that uh, it needs to change. We cannot continue this over-exploitation, over-consumation, um, that uh, that the model have to to transition, but it's not us that needs to be convinced. It's uh, it's the political will that needs to shift, uh, or the people center interest, and not some industry or economical uh, interest. And then the industry, the agriculture, they can also transition. So we we need to work hand by hand. 
there is, I am convinced that there are models that exist that can satisfy all of us if we are willing to put efforts. So such at an individual scale, I decided to, to, to turn to a plant-based diet because right now in, in my context, I know that it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it is a, it has a big impact on, on my emissions or in it. And it's also about my ethics. Uh, I know I'm able to, um, to, uh, have enough nutrition, uh, in my body, just being plant-based. Right. But I know this, I, I would never force someone, uh, I don't know where they live in a remote place to turn to a plant-based diet because they, they will lack what they need to survive. So we need to take into perspective as well that there's no one single solution that it's always um, trying to be pushed like the best practices, which are most of the time forced by Western countries as well and Western model. Uh, but we have to acknowledge that on different regional contexts, then solutions are different and, and that they are the best to apply for those people and and without any judgment and and embrace all the different values and and um that we have in the in this world and uh, yeah so that's why in the in in the indigenous fight it is really important to 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 protect them and to fight for their rights even though you're not from an indigenous community because they are the guardian of the knowledge that uh, of this earth, you know, and, and the biodiversity that is, that is left. So it is, uh, it is really important that we are all part of this before it's too late, before it disappears. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, I really liked how you put uh, that when I read that UN article uh, of them uh, admitting the failure um, I, th I I see that similarity uh, that us losing the water or us seeing the degradation of, uh, let's say, forests or even earth, uh, Put just to put it real simply, the dying of the earth, mm -hmm. that the dying of the earth is, is something that, that is going to bring, bring us humans uh not say like together like as humans but together with the earth that it's like this unfortunate uh, cause effect that and that us losing the our mother as the indigenous people would say uh, will the make Pachamama. this yes will make this uh, this relation uh, happen again that we have forgotten somehow separated from all the living all the all the waters or the or even the foods or the animals or the forests that that this 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 uh dying or killing off the mother will will uh re um vitalize or remake the relation to her yeah well yeah and and, and that it's being back to the point in my conversation about your values and your ethics as a as a civilization as a as a as a whole you know as a society but also as a as a civilization that uh, living in in harmony needs to be uh, in harmony with nature 
needs to be thought through again because clearly the model, our economic model as it is right now, it doesn't, it, it, it looks for exponential and unlimited growth on a planet with limited resources. So we're not looking to fulfill basic needs. We're, we're looking to all the time over consume and go over, over, and there's a lot of waste. Waste wasn't talked here, but uh, until now, but I mean, waste, it's also a big, a, uh, a big problem, especially food waste. When you think about it, like sometimes they, they need to throw away um, food just because they're not the proper caliber. And then they, they don't find any way to, to reuse it. So then it will just be waste. So because if, if this agriculture doesn't know or, or doesn't have the possibility even that it exists to transform or, or to, to even buy it, it, it will cost him more to transform it uh, than to just leave it, you know, because so, and this is wrong. Waste should, should not be uh, allowed in, in any society. And, and, and look at in the nature, nothing is waste. So the law of nature are, are, are here to guide us that nothing should be wasted. So um, there needs need to be more as well, I think, uh, law enforcement. Law, uh, not because I'm a jurist, but I mean, I actually chose this path because I think um, law are here to, to, to guide people and also to force people to change because you cannot just wait uh, for people to evaluate. You, you also need to, to, to think ahead so the change can happen, right? So it is, it is uh, a bit complex. But it, it links as well to the fact that we, we need more uh, young people um, as politicians, as representatives, because there's only 2.8% uh, of uh, young people under 35 years old right now in, in the whole planet, in, in the whole uh, nine, uh, 190-something countries that, are, um, that have been elected. So until, like... There's a thing, if you are here today with your podcast and I am here today joining the World Youth Parliament for Water, it's because we choose it. The previous generation, they didn't choose. They happened to be on those jobs because, you know, like because the world changed, but they never choose uh, as a motivation for the job they dream about of, or, or just for the, their big why in life to have a positive change and, and twist this planetary crisis and not be part of it. And I think in the mentality of how you see things, how you vote laws, how, how you negotiate, how you, uh, how you build a company as well, because let's not, let's not only say that the um, entrepreneurs are having a bad impact. If they have the right model, that it's, uh, it is compatible with uh, the natural resources, they are a great ally of the cause. So I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, um, it, it needs to, to, change needs to happen, but for this we need also 
people with courage, young people with courage to not be scared to, to be those person that are taking the responsibility. And I feel like because of also all this eco-anxiety, um, and then in, in some countries, uh, I know the democratic uh, uh, atmosphere, it's not the same as us in developing country, of course, but um, the rule of law, when the rule of law is on your side, don't be scared to um, engage in politics because the decisions are also happening in politics. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I, I totally agree, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> just to, uh, to reflect on what you said, uh, what I what that one idea that came to my head was this uh, this one uh, mm, uh, American guy. His name is James Hillman, and I, I remember he's saying that economics is an insane fate that uh, justifies everything that we do, and and also the and the limits to growth. Uh, what you also were talking about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, that there is a limit somewhere and uh and then and in this century we're gonna we're gonna see see those limits and uh and and what i, I what I, mm, I what i'm gonna take uh, from you uh back uh or it's kind of mm, uh, set uh, set good uh, that idea in 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 me was that that the admittance of failure is a good thing sure that uh just before that talking with some people or talking with friends or or my age people sometimes we don't want to maybe be be like a doomsdayer or or be be this uh, uh this uh, prophet of doom or something like that but but admitting that, that that even those bad news are actually good news because a lot of people aren't even admitting those bad news hello hello can you hear me yeah yeah, you, you stopped a bit. Uh, oh. Unfortunately, because uh, <laughs> I really like what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you said that uh, it is good to... Um, yeah, to... Admit. To acknowledge the, and admit uh, the, the failure. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the consequences are so huge. You, you can't blame yourself. I, I mean, you are... Because the it, the problem is so much bigger. So even if tomorrow I live like a hermit, I mean I don't take the plane anymore. I I eat as a as a, a plant based vegetarian or vegan. Uh, but but I, I don't have a car. Like everything you. But then, what is your impact then if you just end up alone in a in a creek in the mountain? <laughs> Can you change anything? Yeah, on the individual scale, you would have done the best to not contribute. But I think I'm actually what I'm aiming is more than less to contribute. It's also to change and have a positive change and impact. So, okay, I'm going to the New York Water Conference next week. Yes, I'm going to take the plane. Yes, it, it, it cost me a lot because I just got the sponsorship to stay there for four days. And, and that's not how I travel. When I travel, I want to stay at least a month. When I'm going to visit my family in Canada, I stay a month because I'm like, no, I'm not going just there for five days because it's insane with the, the emission and, and, and the, the plane. But the thing is, at the end of the day, the plane will take off anyway and, and, 
And someone else are going to take the seat from Noemi Premier, maybe with even worse intention than me. So I'm, I'm reversing it. The, the guilt shouldn't be also on, only on myself. The guilt should also be onto the government, for example, that um, don't uh, let, uh, that have very poor taxes on kerosene, that, uh, that are not forcing them to transition. That, you, you know, so it, you, you cannot just um, have this, uh, this, um, yeah, this idea of the time that uh, what if, what can I do more? What can I do more? What can I do more? And, um, those discussion needs to happen uh, more and more, I think. And, and that's why joining uh, a youth-led uh, organization also helps you to see that you're not alone in those struggles and, and people can give you tips. Uh, for example, uh, I have a, a youth fellow. She told me, well, when I travel, I make sure that I compensate, but not giving it to the company because I know they just plant a tree somewhere and it's completely inefficient. Uh, one, one monoculture of tree, it's completely inefficient. Like what they're doing, it's mainly greenwashing. But she's giving the, the money to an organization, a local NGO that she knows that will have a good impact. So she feel at peace that she took the plane because she had to, but also she compensated on a real way that she made sure that she, she didn't harm and she so th this also um, neutral, uh, a positive, uh, nature positive, or, or water positive, or ne carbon neutrality, et cetera, et cetera. It needs to be thought through and not being instrumentalized at, as greenwashing. That is also a big thing that we need to keep an eye on and, and, and be aware. And, and that's why transparency, access to information, accountability, uh, I didn't get the chance to talk a lot about human rights, uh, but but those are human rights principles uh, that are important to to respect because the states uh, are uh, needs to um, respect their international or regional, in the case of the European uh, agreements, and so we need to hold them accountable, and that's also the beauty of what is happening in that there's more and more tries from civil society to their states to say you need to respect this, taking companies as well um, to, to trials. So that will also force them again, like I, I talked about the laws, but also on the last case scenario, condemn, pro, uh, to, have, um, to go to uh, persecution and, and then condemnation, it is also uh, a mean, but in between, you have arbitration, mediation, conciliation, uh, communication, all those tools that um, should be, the, in a good world, the last remedy. Uh, a trial should be the last remedy, in my opinion, but if it's the only mean, then, of course, it has to happen. And making me think about an important um, movement that is happening, it's also the ecocide law. I don't know if you've heard about it, but the ecocide crime, um, it's the, so the ecocide movement would like the ecocide to be recognized as a, at the fifth crime at the um, International uh, Court of Justice. So next to genocide, ecocide, uh, or 
crimes of war or etc uh, etc et um, so it would be a crime uh, against the environment so then when when a state it's clearly uh, having an extractivist project and or letting it even happen then we hold them accountable because that they're destroying our biodiversity our environment which is linked to uh, the human rights to, uh, uh, to a self and um, safe and clean environment and sustainable environment, but also to the right to water and sanitation, to the human rights to dignity, to the human rights of health, to the human rights of adequate standard of living. Like all those human rights are there, but they are not a cloud in the air. We need to have the tools to enforce them and to make the states respect us and our rights. So, um, yeah, it's important to know your rights as well. <clears throat> yeah, uh, very healthy ideas all. And uh, and just one thing that I also remembered um, that we're seeing a lot of cases now, uh, rivers and uh, water basins being given yeah. human human rights. Um, not... It's not human rights; it's nature rights. Um, it's it's a really uh, it's a topic that uh, I'm really interested. So yeah, in, um, in some uh, in some countries, um, they they grant um, uh, uh, legal uh, legal personality. That's the term in English. Sorry, a legal personality to a river, to a mountain, to a forest. And this is where the uh, acceptability uh, criteria, it's very important. You need to acknowledge all different cultures so this can happen because it comes from uh, as well the, um, the, um, the indigenous uh, communities uh, that uh, give a certain... Um, yeah, personality are important as as a person, uh, but not like as a as, as we say as a human person, but just as a, as a spiritual person. Um, so it has inherent rights, and then the the burden is the other way around. The human become the guardian of it. So it is it is completely magic. It's it's not that we are here to dominate nature but we are here because we are part of nature and needs to protect it otherwise you as an individual cannot thrive your family uh, cannot thrive and then your bigger circle as a community cannot thrive and and it wasn't i like we we tend to forget but in in some of our culture as well in europe it wasn't a long time ago that we were still respecting those principles as well. When you think about uh, Vikings, Celtics, um, we had that as well. It's just such a long time ago, uh, but uh, we had this spirituality and mentality to live in harmony with nature. So it's just, I think, um, especially let's name it, colonialism uh, in, in the history brought that, uh, that domination over nature, that domination over certain groups of people. That, so all of this um, uh, type of 
um, uh, bad bad behavior, bad mentality needs to stop. And and that's why right now we are refocusing, which which is good, uh, to the wisdom of indigenous people because there were some of them were not preserved because we know history what happened in Canada, uh, in Latin America, and all the genocides actually. Um, but for some that are left, it's very important to include them uh, as part of um, the solutions. Uh, and they are being included, but they, they need more support. And on, on the same, um, on the same uh, argument, I would also advocate for grassroots uh, engagement, for local level engagement, because global level is great, but then the, the people that are the most aware of their needs at the local level are the locals. They need help, of course, from their minister. They need uh, uh, international development ads, et cetera, et cetera. But they need to be included in the conversation if you want to find accurate solution to their problems. So, yeah, um, that, that, would, uh, that would be. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I find that, uh, that <clears throat> those cases of... Um, uh, giving, uh, let's say, a river, a mountain, a forest, uh, a legal personality. Uh, I think that's it's a very good direction we should be we, heading uh, collectively. Uh, just I remember a couple I, of months ago. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I just forgot to say. Uh, so um, uh, in 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 Europe, we also have this. It's not only in Latin America or in Asia that is happening. Uh, we had. Um, uh, Mar Menor in Spain uh, that was recognized uh, recently and also the Maas River in the Netherlands uh, that uh, also got uh, this uh, statute uh, recognized and, and uh, in uh, France we're having some conversation with some of our river uh, the Rhine River um, that could that could help uh, as well so, so sorry it, I, I just meant that it's also happening uh, more and more everywhere getting inspired uh, in, in some countries it's all the way to the constitution that is written uh, but in, in some countries it's just like um, how can I say a, a recognition like a, it's not it's not really there's no weight like it's not neither in in a law or it's just a declaration so um, afterwards you need again to think what's the next step it's it's good to recognize this river, but then what, right? So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the only solution for the crimes being done against nature, nature that if you can register a crime against a legal entity from another legal entity, then, then you can uh, trial them in court and uh, make them uh, be responsible for their... Uh, you know, crimes, their violence, uh, to put it like that. Sure, because in, in some countries, uh, in environmental code or health code, there are some infraction, but like uh, those are a level below crime. So recognizing an international crime would have so much weight than, than just uh, giving a fine to a company because it dumped, uh, uh, I don't know, 
hundreds or thousands of liters of uh, paint in the river next to your house, you know, like this, this is, and, and, and it needs to also have more and more um, uh, human resources, like police that are being trained, uh, environmental police that needs to be trained, um, judges that needs to be aware about those, those laws and protection and, and enforcement of it. So it's not just easy to, you, you can have the best law you want, but again, what is happening concretely? So all of those steps needs to happen. And the people need, again, education. We didn't talk much about it, but raising awareness, awareness. People need to be aware that these are their rights. These are so they can feel, com um, fulfill a complaint about it and, and raise concern. And so then the overall system can work. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you for that. And uh, getting to the last question, I always ask the same question in the end. If water had anything to say to us right now, what would she say to us? Look inside your heart and remember. Because we are all water. We, we start from water. Water is everywhere around us. And when I mean the art, I mean empathy, empathy for your neighbor, empathy for your neighbor country, empathy for the, the, the species in, in the river next to your house, like just to have less ego, more love, more empathy, because that it's also showing strength when, when water when you look at a river, a, a river can be calm, but there's a lot of action happening underneath. The, but at the same time, the ocean, when there's a, a big storm, can have the biggest wave and, and, and it seems chaotic. But if you look at it underneath, it's so peaceful. So I would, I would have hope uh, by saying uh, that if water... Uh, Mother Water could talk to us. Uh, she will tell us, human, remember your, your part of it. Open your heart and, and just remember. Thank you, Noemia. Thank you. <laughs>